0: We are in the season of Lent. This is the preparatory season which we prepare ourselves for uh, what happens on Good Friday. It is uh, 40 days, not counting Sundays, that lead us along this journey toward Easter. And so we began this sermon series last week, Give Up Something Bad for Lent. And the idea is that oftentimes Christians in their practice As an act of discipline, they give up something for this 40-day period, something like chocolate or carbs or, in my case, it's going to be college basketball. Um, (laughs) But the idea is that giving up those things never really changes us as we would hope that it would. So this year we intend to give up bad character traits, or bad approaches to life. That's the motivation behind the series. And so today, we find ourselves in Paul's letter to the Philippians, and it's chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. For some of you, this may be a familiar verse, or familiar passage, I'm sorry. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above all names so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore my beloved just as you have always obeyed me not only in my presence but much more now in my absence work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, we pray that we hear what it is that you would have us to hear today. We trust that your spirit is heavy among us, and that we are prepared to receive your word through this vessel, this preacher. May it be so, through Christ, amen. The Christ hymn is a a beautiful piece of scripture. What a beautiful text. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. What a beautiful thing to strive for. To have the same mind as Christ. To be able to see everything as Christ sees everything. Beautiful. Two years ago, on this day, March 13th, then President Trump declared the outbreak of the COVID-19 virus a national emergency. Two years ago, today. From that point forward, the nation began an unprecedented shutdown. Needless to say, things have not been the same since. We have not been the same since. Inevitably, the past two years have changed us. Our friends and family have been sick. Like my father, a few weeks ago, some of our family and friends have been hospitalized. Or in some cases, they have died. We've been caught in debates regarding masks and vaccines, social distancing, online or in-person school or worship, just to name a few of our debates. Even if we ourselves have not contracted the virus, we have nonetheless been affected by it. It's been a tough couple of years. It's been tough, real tough. When the, first, when the shutdown first happened, I did view it as God giving humanity and all of creation the chance to reset, the chance to repent. People were going to get sick. It was inevitable. Some were going to die. Inevitable. And that is lamentable. Truly lamentable. Yet, as is the case with all things tragic, and all things challenging, and all things in general, COVID has prevented, uh, provided us—COVID has provided us—with some opportunities. Now, the cost of these opportunities has been great. The opportunities have been. present, but costly. They have brought with them damage to our psyche, the loss of life, economic troubles, the further polarization of some groups from other groups, hysteria, uncertainty, and extreme disconnection from one another. The costs have been great, but there have still been opportunities. So what are the opportunities? I'll focus this morning just on a couple, the two that I find the most prominent for us as the people of God. First, we have been presented with the opportunity to learn how to be human creatures again. The opportunity to be human creatures again. And notice I use the term creatures as opposed to beings. And I do so on purpose. Our creatureliness is biblically and theologically justified, so do not be offended when I look at you and call you a creature. God loves all creatures, great and small, for which we are one. So when I say that the past few years has provided us uh, with the opportunity to learn how to be uh, human creatures again, I, I do so for a couple of reasons. One, this notion has creeped into humanity in the past 30-plus years that we are somehow invincible. We have all this modern medicine. We have all this technology. We have all this this knowledge and independence. We have all this money. So how could anything bad ever happen to us? Some have actually uh, termed my generation and the generations that follow as the invincibles, because we truly believe that we are, to some extent, invincible. But this simply is not true. None of us are invincible. In the past couple of years, have reminded us of this fact. We are creatures, dependent upon other creatures, who are dependent upon us, who are all subject to various types of harm due to the fact that we are things. The past few years have provided us with an opportunity to live with the knowledge of our vulnerability. Come to find out, there are limitations in life. Despite what the creative marketers at this or that company will tell you, We have been reminded that there are limitations in life. We can acknowledge those limitations or we can ignore them, but the truth is, we are aware that they exist. The other reason that I choose the term creature to describe our condition as opposed to being is quite simply because over time, we have forgotten how to be. We just don't know how to be anymore we have stopped being human beings and we have turned into human doings. Now, there are various opinions as to when that shift happened from our being human beings to becoming human doings. Depending on your perspective and context, it could have happened as far back as 50, 100 years ago. Because of our advances in technology, because of our quest to live as isolated people, Unrestricted by the limitations of shared life, because of our misguided view of ourselves as above harm, we have forgotten how to just be. To be. To be in the world, rightly centered. To be in the world. And the last two years have provided us with an opportunity to reset and to learn how to be the be part of the being. Now, I remember the the first lockdown, the, the, the main lockdown. And I remember how quiet everything became all of a sudden. You remember that? Everything became so much more quiet except for the birds and the squirrels. They got louder. Obviously, the reason that they got louder is because everything else got quieter. They were louder. I remember going out several times when we were on lockdown and and just sitting, just being present in the world. And having the opportunity to do so because a lot of the things that would have been demanding my attention suddenly weren't demanding my attention anymore. And I was given the the gifted opportunity to just go sit and be. And that's how I was able to notice that the birds and the squirrels were louder. Because I I was able to to be. I remember taking a couple of my kids on several walks just going out and just walking amongst the trees and the plants and the birds and the squirrels and pointing out to them, you see this? Look. Look, see. This is a thing, and it's called this, and it is good because. Look at this thing. See it? It's good. This is why. And half the time as we were going on these walks, these journeys, I I couldn't remember who told me the names of these things and why they were good. But I had the knowledge in me. And it was coming back to me. It was coming back to me. I had that knowledge in me and it was coming back to me. And more and more I found myself just able to be as my knowledge of these things came back to me, then the connection, the connection between myself and these things felt more vibrant, more real than they had ever felt in my life. If everything was as wide open then, busy as it was prior to that shutdown, and as it is now, those moments would never happen those children would not have the opportunity to just be with me the connection that does exist between us and all of creation would be muted by our doing those children would not learn about their creatureliness through a real three-dimensional engagement with the world so much of our world is now presented to us and two-dimensional ways. It's presented to us and, can, and consumed by us in two-dimensional ways. It is hard for us to be as God intends for us to be if we are not living a three-dimensional life. Shutdowns and pauses and being confronted by uh, or confronted with our mortality, these have been opportunities to learn how to be and our creatureliness in three-dimensional ways. But I'm afraid that we haven't made much out of our opportunities. And I say this in the most lovingly and prophetic way that I can. I don't know that we've collectively or perhaps individually learned all that much or made the most out of our opportunities. We still long... For things to go back the way they were before. How many times have we said or heard that? I wish things could just go back the way they were before. The truth is, we weren't exactly the way we were supposed to be the way things were back before. That should not be our goal to return back to the way we were. Our goal as we trudge through these past uh, difficult two years and onward should be to live more into the image of God in which we were made and to strive to have the same mind that is in Christ Jesus. And that involves, friends, learning how to be again. We know all these things now that we didn't know before or maybe we had forgotten them or maybe we had been told that they weren't as important as we now know they to be. We have an opportunity still to reprioritize our lives. We have an opportunity still to focus on the things in life that really matter. So many of the things we think matter, they, they don't matter We have an opportunity to focus on the things that do. We have an opportunity to to appreciate the goodness that is around us. It's everywhere. Appreciate it. We have the opportunity to remember that the best song of all song is bird song. We have an opportunity to embrace what it means to be made in the image of God who is familiar with suffering and pain and to strive to live a life that is in line with the gospel that says each day is a good and precious gift from a loving creator who longs for all of his created things to be ruled by love to strive to live a life that is in line with the gospel that says each day is a good and precious gift from a loving creator who longs for all creatures to live lives of gratitude and appreciation. So that's the other opportunity that I feel has been most prominent in our lives these past couple years. The past two years should have taught us the value of, Of gratitude each and every day is a gift it's a gift it's all a gift every bit of it good bad or otherwise it's a gift I know sometimes it doesn't feel like a gift sometimes it stinks Sometimes depression sinks in, divorce happens, wars erupt, innocent people are killed, tragedy strikes, sometimes it does not feel like a gift, but it is, it's all gift, each breath Appreciate yours now. Gift. Every heartbeat, every moment of consciousness, each pain, it's all gift. And as such, it is worthy of your gratitude. So here's where it all comes together. If we are connected, and if we are truly being present in this three dimension world together, when the bad things happen, it's much easier to see the giftedness in it all. But when we are not connected, and if we are not being present in three dimensional ways in the world together, when the bad things happen, we see no gift. All we see is problem. And so long as everything around us is constantly presented and viewed as problem, there is no gratitude. I want to say that one one more time for the folks in the back. So long as everything around us is constantly presented and viewed as problem, there is no gratitude. Gratitude. And where there is no gratitude, the heart of God breaks. It's been a tough couple of years, friends. And to be sure, there is more tough life ahead. Jesus never said that it would be easy life. In fact, Jesus' own life is a reminder that life is tough. But it is good life, and it is a gift, even when it is tough. So maybe we have made some progress in overcoming some of the things that we needed to reset from. Maybe we are embracing the gift a little bit better. I don't know. But I do know that it does take intentionality to learn how to be rightly centered in the world again. It takes a little bit of effort. But it's also quite simple. Just look. See. That thing's good. Look at it. Look, see, just be, connected, vulnerable, grateful, and alive, fully alive, and having the same mind. That was in Christ Jesus, who is also fully alive. Pray with me. God, help us to make the most of the gift, the opportunity that is this life. Thank you for it. Help us to make the most out of it as we journey along the way, further and further, deeper and deeper into your presence. And it is through the fully alive Christ that we pray and all God's people say,